Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling one of those. You see me shining like a suit on puppy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 144 our guest this episode is effie artema who's currently playing the role of dawn on the touring production of waitress the musical this Tony Award-nominated musical 
is brought to you by a groundbreaking all-female creative team featuring original music and lyrics by six-time Grammy-nominated Sarah Bareilles, a book by acclaimed screenwriter Jesse Nelson, and a direction by Tony Award winner Diane Paulus. The music is based on the 2007 film of the same name, written by Adrian Shelley. Along with her role in Waitress, Artema recently originated the role of Ty in Clueless the Musical. During our conversation, we talked about how she went straight from doing Clueless to Waitress, learning her new roles, her experiences thus far with Waitress, her upbringing, how her side gigs are in service of her time doing musicals, how she tries to enjoy all the cities that the musicals take her to, and her love of plants. Now let's get into the interview with Effie Artema after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, we're Chuck and Brad. We're two comedians who do the Chuck and Brad podcast, a pop culture podcast based out of Rhode Island. We just wanted to let you know that we're going on a short comedy tour called Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers. It's our own comedic retelling of the original Avengers movie, and we're touring the shows the same weekend that Avengers Endgame comes out. So come get a refresher and a new spin on the original Avengers movie before you go see Endgame. Thursday, April 25th, we'll be in Hartford, Connecticut at the CT Comedy Theater with B.J. Quagan, Andrew Morgan, and Stosh Makita. Saturday, April 27th, we'll be in New York City at the Pit Loft with Impractical Jokers tour opener Jiggy, Impractical Jokers writer Casey Jost, and UCB veteran Lisa Kleinman. Sunday, April 28th, we'll be at Laugh Boston with John Tilson, Logan O'Brien, Tyler Swain, and Dan Hall. All event info and tickets at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Every night we'll have the comics open up the show and we'll close with our live retelling of The Avengers. And for a tiny bit of background, we've done the podcast for 10 years. We've had on great guests like Jeff Tremaine, the director of the Jackass movies, the bands Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Big D and the Kids Table, and many, many more. And if you're a big podcast listener, you might know me from uh, Tell Em Steve Dave. I work on film projects for the podcast Tell Em Steve Dave, which is made up of uh, Walton Bryant from AMC's Comic Book Men and Quinn from True TV's Impractical Jokers. I consistently do the film work for the Tell Em Steve Dave Patreon. So come on out, support this very weird live comedy show, and hopefully more and more podcasts will start doing their own live alternative shows. Once again, that's Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers, New York City, Hartford, and Boston. See you at the end of the month. ChuckandBradPodcast.com Okay, you're part of this, uh, the touring company of uh, Waitress, and you were also a part of uh, Clueless um, recently, the Clueless the mu- musical. How was um, your experience with both these musicals recently? Um, well, my experience with Clueless was really different than my experience with Waitress. Um, Clueless uh, was a brand new uh, musical, and I was part of the original cast, so that was a whole process of creating and finding out what it was together. And it was a really fast paced, uh, process. Um, we had about six weeks of rehearsal, which is not a lot of time for a brand new show. Right. Um, it was really fun. Uh, the company was, um, young and energetic and hilarious. And we had a run that was sold out before we even started. And so the audiences were packed and um, energized and, um, and the process was delightful. And I found out about a week after we closed that I was coming out to do waitress. So um, my process with with waitress was different than anything I've ever done. 
um, because I've, I've never been a replacement before and I've never been on tour. So, um, oh, <laughs> so yeah. it was like really different from anything I've ever done. It was two weeks of rehearsal. Um, I only had three days notice before I was out here. Uh, so I had three days to like pack up my life (laughs) and, uh, I'm not going to be back till the middle of August at the earliest. So it was like three days to pack up my life for like half a year and, um, (laughs) and like flew to Houston, Texas, where I've ever been and started rehearsals while the show was happening and um, basically just like watched the show every night and then would have rehearsal for a few hours during the day um, for two weeks and then just like had to do it (laughs) and like go in and do the show. Um, But coming into a cast um, that that had already been doing it, some of them had already been doing it for two years or or even more than that for for a few of them who had been part of multiple companies at Waitress. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like the differences between the two. <laughs> wow. You're just kind of thrown in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to, I mean, they had my back and like, I was definitely prepared, so everything was fine, but definitely, um, two different sort of processes. One, like coming in and learning something and being part of something that already exists versus like creating it from the ground. <laughs> What, where did you sort of pick up where you had to, you know, what, what is it about yourself where you had to like learn how to be prepared really quickly? You know, is that something that you always had in life? You know, where did you pick that up? Oh, I think like it just comes out of necessity. Um, I, being an actor, like at the beginning of, very beginning of my theater career, I did a lot of um, summer stock where you are learning these shows in just a few weeks. Um, And it's a little bit less pressure because they're like regional theaters and you're only doing the show for a few weeks. So it makes sense that you would only rehearse for a few weeks, but you do have to learn quickly. And um, a lot of that is, it just comes from, you you get the skills you need because you want to do it so badly. So you just show up, they tell you this is the amount of time you have to learn it. And um, you end up practicing things in your living room and <laughs> singing your music in your head like all the time to make sure that you know what you're doing. Is there a bit of like a bit of a, an adrenaline rush with all of that? You know, how do you sort of calm your nerves? I know you don't can't get rid of your nerves, but how do you sort of contain <laughs> all that? How do I, uh, let's see, I, there's definitely an adrenaline rush. I try to use the adrenaline if I can. Um, a lot of characters that I have played, not all of them, but several of them have been, you know, either have been like, um, eccentric. And so there is a, a bit of, um, that, that nervousness that you can use, um, and is actually really helpful with that. In particular, with my character Dawn, in Waitress, she um, has OCD, and it really is like a bit of a, a nervous Nelly. And so, <laughs> uh, being nervous was like actually quite useful. <laughs> and sometimes, when I'm feeling really confident, I have to. When I'm feeling calm and cool and collected, I have to pull on. <laughs> Uh, remembering what it feels like to be nervous because like it's it is important to her her journey that that's there for you so um for this it was like 
useful to be nervous as long as I actually knew what I was doing. Cause you have to have both. Like you have to have like one part of your brain and your body that like really knows what it's doing so that you don't get hurt. You don't hurt other people. You remember what you're supposed to say, like things like that. But then you have to have the other side of you, which is like embodying the character um, and embracing, you know, the nervous energy. Um, with Clueless, it, she's she was an oddball, but she was also like a stoner, like right. really, really laid back. So, <laughs> um, so it didn't help as much to be nervous with that. But it was also I had a little bit longer process with that character. Um, so yeah, I also had with Clueless, my character didn't come in for the first forty minutes of the show. So I would sit backstage and like, I would really calm down because everybody else was already out there and doing it. And I had all this time to like, just chill out (laughs) before I had to do anything. When you're going from one musical to the next, like going from Clueless to Waitress, you know, how do you sort of, what's the mental mind state in regards to locking into that character when you're going to a new character? Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, I definitely try to start with knowing what my objective is um, in each of the scenes. And that basically like means like knowing what does my character want um, and looking at the circumstances around that and what are my, my obstacles to getting that. Um, that's one thing that I like to start with. And then there's like all of the just like qualities to that character tend to come from that. Um, Like a lot of those will just show up out of that. But um, there are certain things that you have to address. Like how does my character speak comes from like, where are they from? You know, do they have any health issues? Like, are they decongested? Are they, you know, like uh, stuff like that. And a lot of figuring out how to jump from one character to another has to do with just asking questions like that. Right. So I, I, with Waitress, it was awesome because the show has existed already and there's been multiple companies. So I don't feel like I'm copying anyone because there's so many different Dons out there and they are all different. But at the same time, a lot of those questions are easily answered because I can watch archival videos of other productions and be like, what's the answer to this question? Well, it's like, it's right there. Like, I don't have to keep reading the script over and over to figure it out. Um, and there all, there's also like a company full of people who've been doing the show who can answer a lot of those things for me. Um, so there's that. I'm trying to think. I mean, getting, I got my hair cut as soon as I got out to tour. Um, which made me feel really different because my hair was really long. Right. Now it's pretty short. And <laughs> and that, that definitely helped. On Waitress, when you're figuring out this character, when you're coming on board, you know, how important is it to, you know, ask those questions and who are the people, you know, what's the importance of this collaborative effort that's going on? Oh, okay. So, um, well, with, replacing a lot of that fell to me like it didn't feel like everyone was trying to help me figure out the character per se but everybody was helping me uh be ready to do the show and there was not a lot of focus on character development it was more a focus on 
helping me learn my blocking, my music, um, choreography, stuff like that. Because when you only have two weeks, it's really like what you have to focus on. Um, but if I had any questions about the character, everyone was more than happy to answer them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I'm still, I'm, I've been out here for a month doing this and I still feel like every day my connection with the character deepens and I have a greater understanding for who she is. And a lot of that's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Dawn, you know, you did touch on it before, but What's so special about this character? <laughs> a lot of things. I think that she just has a heart of gold, and um, she loves Jenna so much, the, and, and Becky, the other two waitresses. And um, she really wants um, to find love, and I think that she's like felt a great um, blockage to that um, just in her inexperience. And I imagine that she used she lived with her mother to like a point to an age where it like wasn't cool and now like finally has her own studio apartment and she's been been taking baby steps and i think a lot of people come to the show really identify with her as someone who is afraid to put themselves out there but but truly wants to be loved she's really identifiable like uh, there are so many people who come to the show who are like i feel like i'm dawn (laughs) with waitress you know so many you know the cast and the the creative are women sarah borales who did the music for it you know how you know how do you feel being a part of this you know hallmark musical that a lot of creative from women um i I feel good about the fact that there are a lot of women working on it, especially since it is a story about women, um, about three women. But I also like a lot of times just kind of forget (laughs) (laughs) because it just feels like working on any other show. Um, They happen to be women and that's such a great like statistic for the world. But it's, um, it's been really interesting, like doing interviews and stuff on for TV and, how often someone will ask me, like, is this a show that can be enjoyed by everyone? And then they'll look at me and they'll kind of qualify that and say, like, like, are men going to enjoy it too? (laughs) And it always, like, I've never answered that question the way that I really wanted to because (laughs) because I'm always just trying to, like, put on a good face and I don't want anyone to feel like offended by what I, what I want to say, which is like, would you ask me that if the three leads were men? Right. Like, why is, why is there an assumption that men might not enjoy it when like, we don't feel that way, the opposite way. Like it's just, it's, it's a, it's indicative of, uh, of like a, an imbalance in our society that we have to answer that question or else men won't come. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like they're basically saying like, so should, should men come to the show? And we're like, well, we don't ask, we don't say like, should women come to the show? If there's all men in the leads, we just assume that they can see themselves in many characters. And I, I think that's so interesting, but I do feel I, I'm happy about the fact that it's all female team, and I think that that is like a cool marker, like historically for the Broadway community. Yeah. <laughs> you know what is it about waitress? 
is a musical that makes it special and would make it something that anybody could watch, come see whether, you know, they're young, old, or, you know, man or woman or whatever? Um, I think that it is an amazing story about finding yourself in, like, uh, amongst trauma and, like, passing, like, seeing the next generation and knowing, like, you're about to, what are you going to pass on to the next generation? Are you going to keep passing on a trauma that you've already encountered? Is Are you going to let that continue or are you going to say, no, I'm going to change my life so that the next generation's life will be changed? Because that's, like, ultimately what Jenna's story is about. And the two waitresses have their own version of that, that they've been living a reality that is not good for them. And it is about changing and like the pain of changing. And the, I think that the birth aspect of it, like her having this baby is such a good metaphor for how people, when you really need to change your life, it's like giving birth. Like it, it's painful, but like you have to do it. And at a certain point, hopefully you feel forced like there's no there's no stopping it it's just going to happen and and kind of embracing that and going with that so to make the next generation better how much of you personally you know do you put into the character of dawn um <laughs> i'm it's funny i don't think i'm a particularly nervous person though i though i do let that come out with Dawn. Um, I definitely think that there's a certain amount of myself in every character that I can't do anything about because it's my body and it's my mouth and it's coming out of me. So like no matter what I do, there there is going to be some of me in every character. Um, with Dawn, I, I relate to, I think she has like a positivity my dawn and I don't think that that's like I don't think every dawn is necessarily going to like capitalize on that because you really don't have to like in the text but um I think that there is like a it's like a naivete it comes across that way but in my heart I just feel like it's this she has a little bit of like a, a sunshine quality inside um and I relate to that, and I relate to her vulnerability. I think that there is like a, a a little young duckling sort of quality to her that she can't really help, and I feel like that a lot. I feel very like open <laughs> um, in general. <laughs> you know, kind of you know going back some. You know, what kind of a kid were you? When did you you know first get the inkling to like be a performer? Oh, uh, I was eight when I started, I started dancing when I was eight. Um, I didn't want to go to after school program and there was a dance studio next to our school. And so my mom was a single parent. So I just asked and she was working. She, so she would like work late. So I just asked if I could go to dance class instead of doing stuff at my school and started dancing that way. And then by the time I was 10, I was doing community theater and like knew that I wanted to act and by the time I was graduating high school, I knew it's what I wanted to study. It never really went away. 
Um, I'm trying to think like what kind of a kid I was. <laughs> I was pretty. I was pretty shy. Uh, and then I think around high school, I became more extroverted. It's like the happier I got, the more extroverted I became. <laughs> yeah. When was the first time that you sort of realized that maybe being a part of musicals could be something that you could do for a while, if not for a living? I mean, I think I went to Circle in the Square, which is a theater conservatory, and I definitely went there with the intention of being an actor for a living. Um, and I just started auditioning after that and and was acting, and whenever I was in a show, I was using that money to support myself and whenever I wasn't in a show I was babysitting to pay my bills while I was auditioning um but I've mainly been acting to support myself like ever since I got out of college I was pretty young when I went to school I was 15 when I graduated high school so by the time I got out of this two-year conservatory I was only 18 years old and like out in the regular world and living on my own um and so it's been a a journey. I do, I have a side gig now that's not babysitting that I do on my computer and um that pays the bills when I'm not in a show, but I've I've been really lucky. I've been working and I, I don't give up my side gig because it it kind of reminds me to separate that feeling of needing to pay the bills from the passion that I have for the art that I make and and it does give me a sense of security. Right. Yeah. Not everybody does that. Yeah. And um, I, I was listening to this one podcast and, um, you know, they're taking more practical view. Like whenever, you you know, anybody who does anything art- artistic, you know, have those jobs, those side gigs or day jobs in service to whatever artistry that you're doing. I mean, that is that is why I keep it. It's, a, it's also like a side gig that I like to do. It's fun and um, I'm interested in it, but it, I, I've kept it even though I've been on tour, even though I was doing Clueless, I was in a show before Clueless, like I still kept my job, my other job, because I can <laughs> and because uh, there is something about mentally about knowing that if your show closes, you're going to be okay. Right. There, There is something to that that frees you up to be able to just create art and have it be detached from paying the bills. It makes your art better, I think. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and that's and I think that's where they're coming from when having a job be in service of your art is that you know mm-hmm. for for you know for many you know some people might need the you know the fear to be creative, but then there's some of us that like to have that you know that thing back there, that foundation, and it gives you know frees up our mind to do our art better. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's how it makes me feel. I'm almost superstitious about it. I almost feel like I can't quit my side job because then, like, it could alter, like, the energy (laughs) that's out there that's been so positive for me for my work in theater. Um, And it it almost feels superstitious. Right. If it feels right, then, you know, why why change things? Yeah, like, I don't want to change the balance of what I'm putting out there in the world because it feels right right now. Outside of all that, what kind of, you know, what kind of things do you do in your spare time? You know, what do you do to sort of decompress? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I write I write songs. Um, I play ukulele and I play guitar. Um, I well now that we're on now that I'm on tour, I try to go see something, in, like one or two things in every city that we go to, because um, I I don't want to miss the experience of being on tour. I don't want to miss these places. Right. Because um, to me, like that's that's the reason to go on tour beyond other things is like right to see the places that you go to it, it would be really easy not to see these cities <laughs> it'd be really easy to just like be because you're exhausted it's like a really exhausting yeah. life you're constantly traveling you're constantly packing and unpacking your bags and carrying your suitcases we have rehearsals during the week because creative members will come out from the company and and come see the show and we'll have notes and we work and it really never stops. The work never stops. So it's completely exhausting and it would be super easy to just stay in your hotel room. Right. Any chance that you got and just sleep and watch TV. And, (laughs) um, so yeah, I, I try to make a point of saying in, in each city, trying to see one or two things. I haven't really done that in Jacksonville which is where we are now, yeah. but that's because I'm, I also grew up in Florida, so <laughs> I'm less concerned. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know this, I know this area, so. <laughs> See, that's a topic that's actually come up recently on other people that I've uh, interviewed, uh, whether they're a pro wrestler or a comic book artist who go, um, does the, the convention circuit. I, um, we've talked about, you know, when you're traveling, there's a lot of people that they know who will go to these different places but never actually see the cities that they're in. They just say they see the venue that they're at in the airport. You know, how important is it for you to take that time out to see the city that you're in? You know, you know what does that do to your just creative process or just to your own mental health? Um, it definitely makes it feel like uh, a more fulfilling like moment in my life and this is my first tour and so I I just like I lowered my hours for my side gig um so I'm making less money from that I lowered what I needed to do for that for the express purpose of seeing the cities that I'm in and my manager for that was like so supportive and was like yes you should take this opportunity because it is it's an opportunity and I don't want to let it pass me by and you know, you don't really, really get to know the city in one week, but if you can see one or two things, you at least then have this like portrait of of America in your head and like one that you might otherwise never really get. It's interesting. And I, I also try to like have like a conversation with a local <laughs> lawyer lawyer in each city could be it can be really easy to avoid people too and um, I'm trying not to do that right. and I also uh, see that you are uh, quote unquote a lover of plants you know yeah <laughs> what's that about yeah I'm actually I was actually just googling yesterday I was like trying to figure out if there were any plants that travel well and there just aren't like plants were not really meant to be taken through the airport and stuff, um, which is like such a bummer. But uh, 
I have plants all over my apartment. I, I love plants, especially my favorite is pothos plants. I have them like all over my apartment. And I really thought about taking one with me and thought, oh, that's a bad idea. But I miss them, like miss the plants because they're alive and you can watch them like change and grow, but you have to be patient and there's just like a simplicity to plants and they clean the air right. around you. Um, I just think, I think houseplants are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps while you're on tour, you can, uh, you know, search to see if any specific cities that you're in have anything unique that you can see. Yeah. I mean, I love seeing outdoor, yeah. Going to like botanical gardens, stuff like that too. But I think when I wrote that and like when I was writing my bio, I wrote that I loved plants because I was thinking about my house plants. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and also because like one of our castmates um, told me when I was, who I knew from before, told me when I was coming out here, she was like, if you ever mention things that you like, then super fans of the show tend to like send you that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so I made it, I was, when I was writing my bio, I had just gotten that text from her. And so I was like, well, I love tea. I love books. I love, like I was thinking about like, what do I like? So I can like put that out there in the universe. <laughs> Have you gotten um, anything from anybody? Um, yeah, I've gotten some artwork, but nothing specific to like the things that I like yet. No. <laughs> it hasn't manifested. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, I always like to ask this question in, in the interviews. You know, what is something, you know, what's a nugget of knowledge from your life or career that anybody listening to this, doesn't matter what their avenue of artistry is, they could that they could project into their own life? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, nugget of knowledge. Um Oh, the first thing that I thought of is something that a friend of mine who played Dawn on Broadway said to me once. Her name's Caitlin Houlihan. And she said, uh, work your quirks was like her, was her um, piece of advice in general to like anyone. Right. And I don't know why, but that just like popped in my head, work your quirks. Like it, it's kind of true, like, and it's hilarious, hilarious simplicity as a statement it actually like can be kind of deep and I think like what she really means by that is like there are things about yourself that you know are are special and unique to you and like you might as well draw on those and like work them like work your quirks work the things that are special about you because you know like everyone knows those those little things about yourself um yeah. <laughs> what do you think your quirks are? My quirks? Yes. Um, I have a really interesting relationship with my dad um, that has made me a better actor. Um, so that's definitely one of those things. Um, it's like too complicated to go into detail about right. and also like maybe too personal, but you know what I mean? It's yes. like one of those relationships that's very strange. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else I think that I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and in like a noticeable way. So I, I try to 
embrace that and not be upset about it, you know, like not, not like shy away from it, but rather know that about myself and like bring that to all the characters that I play and to the songs that I write. And before we get out of here, why should anybody come to see a waitress? Oh, I think everyone should come. It's super funny. It's a really dark, you know, plot when you just talk about what happens in it, but it's in, in like people come and they cry, but like people laugh and they always say, Oh, I didn't know it was going to be so funny <laughs> after. So it's a really nice thing to go to, to bring your family, bring your friends when you want to go have a heartfelt experience, but also like just laugh. Great, great, great. Where can uh, people go online to get more information about you and more information about Waitress? Oh, uh, I have Twitter and I have Instagram. It's just my name. Both of them are my handle is at Effie Artema, E-P-H-I-E-A-A-R-D-E-M-A. That's probably where you'll get the most information about me. Uh, as far as Waitress goes, I think they have a website. I'm assuming it's waitress musical something but it's waitress the musical. i don't actually com. know the url <laughs> it's waitress the musical um, i'm 100 <laughs> sure if you google it it comes right up right <laughs> and they also have uh social media as well so that was my interview with effie artema who plays dawn in the touring production of waitress the musical Links to get more information about where Waitress the Musical will be going on tour are in the show notes for this episode on FreshToThePodcast.com. Upcoming cities include Indianapolis, Grand Rapids, here in Detroit, Michigan, where I will be in attendance on press night, Worcester, Mass., and much more. Another great interview in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.